We're the Benham Brothers. This is the Expert Ownership Podcast. We want you to own every area of your life, including your faith, finances, fitness, family, and friendships. Today on this podcast, we have Christy Wright. She's a number one best-selling author. She's a certified Dave Ramsey business coach, and we love Dave Ramsey. Oh, yeah. He's amazing. She's the creator of the Business Boutique, and she's a nationally renowned speaker to Fortune 500 companies across America and, and she's amazing. And you are going to love some of the things that she says. I tell you what, I was typing things as she was saying them in the podcast. So listen, tune in, listen up, because she's got some of the best advice we've heard for entrepreneurs. She's got some great advice for husbands, too. Yeah. What you need to do to help your entrepreneurial wife, or even if your wife isn't. So how to fan the flame. So hey, listen why up. Why don't we shut up and let Christy talk? And you know, during the interview, I kept hearing her notifications cling. because she's an entrepreneur. She's busy. She's too busy, and and she had uh, somebody kept trying to call her. It was awesome. And it's COVID. I loved it. Everybody works from home during COVID. Well, I don't know if you've heard, but there is an incredible movement of women stepping into their God-given gifts to find work that matters and to make money doing what they love. Christy, I don't know if you know anything about that. Have you heard anything about that? And this is, you know, this is so fun to talk about. I've been doing Business Boutique for about five years now. Yes. And what's really cool is when we started Business Boutique, it was on the very front end of this whole side hustle movement, this whole side gig generation of like, I'm going to make some extra cash or work from home or, you know, forget the the nine to five J-O-B that I hate because I can actually do something on my own terms. And it was kind of in the beginning, but now it has become such a normal thing to be a freelance worker or, you know, work yeah. from home, some combination totally that you're starting to see the real effects of women that are truly doing this. They're, they feel so fulfilled. They're able to have more family time. They're able to make money and go, Oh my gosh, like I'm doing this. It's no longer just an idea. It's not just a pipe dream. And you're seeing the results and the success of that and how they're coming alive and how God created them and they're providing for their family and they're having more time for their family. So now I feel like we are leading in this department with such a different level of confidence because you've got proof now. When we started, we were like, I don't know. I think so. You know, we're going to pray about it. <laughs> and now it's like, you've got years of proof and it really is a movement. And it's really cool to see how the results are just exceeding every expectation we had when we started. You know, Christy, Jason and I, I mean, we're really trying to motivate men. We're trying to raise up men uh, to their God-given callings they're as well. They're just not as smart as women. No, I mean, they're got to be honest. Not only are we not as smart, we're not as brave. We could never, I could never give birth. And you're, uh, listen, you, we just, you you have young children. And when I say young, sick, a six-month-old at home in addition to two other young ones, and yet you're thriving in business. I don't know a man Holy alive cow. that could have the maternal instincts and succeed in business. I, I, I loved uh, an Instagram post you made and you said motivation isn't a feeling it's a choice and it's a choice that you get to make every single day how do you keep yourself motivated in all those things but especially in the midst of you know the covid quarantines and all this other stuff sure well i think some of it does come down to personality style so for anyone that is familiar with any of the personality assessments i'm an enneagram eight i'm a yes. high e, high i on the disc enfp on the myers whichever one you like it doesn't matter <laughs> I'm a very energetic person anyway. I'm not great at sitting still. I was raised by two entrepreneurs. My mom was a single mom, but both my parents were always entrepreneurs, high driving. So I think that's kind of a little bit in my DNA. I would say that in some way, maybe, you know, being hard driving is, is I wouldn't say easier for me, but it's just kind of how I'm wired. But I think for anyone, regardless of your personality style, 
when you realize that you have more control than you think, then you stop making excuses like, well, I'm not confident because I'm not an extrovert, or I could never do a business because I don't have my MBA, or I couldn't do this thing because I'm not wired that way. You stop making excuses and you realize those things are actually choices you can make. You can choose to be motivated. You can choose to be confident. You can choose to build a business. You can stop making excuses. And and what I say to people all the time is, see, we place labels and limitations on ourselves and then we live within them. Mm. I'm not a fun mom. I'm not business minded. I'm not a leader. Who says? Yeah, that's right. Let your kids jump out of cl- uh, closet in your bonus room and you're a fun mom. Go put an idea on Facebook page and boom, <laughs> you're in business. Like you can choose to do something different. And I think when you give people that kick in the pants, that tough love of like, this is not a personality style. It's a skill and skills can be learned like cooking or riding a bike. Then it is, it is a, a hard truth at first, but then you realize it's a very empowering truth mm, yes. that you can change your reality and you can change those labels that you've been living within. And it's very freeing to realize, wow, I can be a fun mom. If I choose to be, I can be a business person. If I choose to be, I can be a leader if I choose to be And it. It can be very empowering, I think for people. Okay. I'm, I'm just sitting here listening to you and I'm already motivated. I can feel my heart like beating <laughs> faster. I mean, even the speed of your speaking, <laughs> it's like, you don't even have to think about it. It's just emoting. From, I mean, it's coming out of you. I love it. You're running marathons. You're doing, all, we, by the way, Jason, this is my brother, Jason in the black here. And at some point, David will let me ask you a question. No, hold on. But Jason's, <laughs> Jason is intimidated. I got to say it. I mean, I'm an idea. We're, we're in our mid forties. Jason's intimidated. You run marathons. You give birth to children. You run successful businesses. By the way, I do want to say this. Uh, We're probably about 10 years ahead of you in terms of how long we've been in business. But Jason and I refer your budget, your one-page budget that you have on your website. We refer that to people when we're coaching. We love it. We love your website. We we love what you're doing. Everybody, yeah, that's awesome. Spirit of full disclosure, David and I just did a major rebrand on our website. And one of the things that I did is I went to your website and I told my brand guy, I said, I like what she's doing here. Just do something that kind of looks like this for, for a man. And he's like, oh, her website is really good. But you know what? There's an entrepreneurial principle there. And, and you probably could speak to that, that once you, you know, if you don't have to come up with your own grandiose, completely original idea, just look at people who are doing things great. And then you'll get ideas off that. Have you done that in your business? It's funny you say that because our website is a result of me going to Emily Lay's website and Mm. saying, I love what Emily Lay has done. Let's do something like this in our colors. Here are the things I like about it. And and I think while you know, there's an opportunity in business and entrepreneurship to make up your own rules, try things, test, experiment, break outside the box, all all that. There's room for that. And there are principles that work. And so you don't want to completely abandon business principles. For example, your website, your, one of the things I teach women all the time in business or anybody in business, um, your messaging in your business needs to be clear, yeah. concise, consistent, compelling. That's a principle. You don't need to have weird language that no one understands that That's you right. say 15 different ways that no one cares about. That just won't work. So there's opportunity for creativity and there's, uh, there's, there's an importance on sticking to principles. And I think that's, what's cool is when you look at other websites, you can say, Hey, I love how they've done this and we're going to make it our version of that. You know, a great book to reference for, for your listeners is steal like an artist by Austin Cleon. It's a very short read. It's very quick. It's a tiny book. The whole thing is designed like graphic design. Um, So it's very easy to read, but he just gives you permission to not have a completely original idea that he, he talks to you about how the best artists 
steal from other people and make it their own, that there's nothing new under the sun. And so right. it, gives you, it gives you permission to be inspired. And you guys used the um, word a minute ago, intimidated. And I think that's so interesting because I think a lot of people in business or even just in life with social media, it's so easy to look at someone different than you, someone further along than you, someone has different strengths than you. It doesn't matter. And be intimidated. But I tell mm. people all the time, again, it's a choice. You can be intimidated by someone different than you, or you can be inspired by them and go, oh, oh, they did that? Let me tell you guys a true story. I ran a half marathon. We were talking about marathons. I ran a half marathon in February, and I came into it feeling pretty good. Like, I, I felt I had trained. I felt, you know, good about my ability to run this. It was going to be a flat course. It's like, I think I'm going to be able to, like, get back in the saddle and really do well in this. I want you to know, true story, I got passed by an eight-year-old. <laughs> an eight-year-old. Like at mile seven. And I'm like, what in the, it's like, you know, there's always going to be people that are different than you or further along than you. And you can let that intimidate you or be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to chase down that kid. That's Hang exactly on. right. I'm going to pick it up. <laughs> I did good. this. I did the exact same. I ran a, a, a sprint triathlon yeah. and I got out of the water and I had been blown away. And I got on probably mile 12 or 13 on the bike and this whole group of ladies, just pass me as if I was standing still. And I was like, I can't believe I'm getting dominated, but it yeah. inspired me. It really well, inspired me. Triathlons are tricky too, because you'll notice there are people that show up to triathlons and they've got all the gear. They've got yeah. the wheel inserts. They've got the aerodynamic helmets. You're like, oh my God, they're going to kill me. And they may not even be the best one. There's just a lot of show. You've got some grandma that's going to pass you on the bike that's riding a bike from 1983. And it's just, it's, it's, you know, there's a principle there as well. It's not what you look like. It's what you can actually do. I like that. It's not that you, you're intimidated when you see something do that. And it's also not that you're going to imitate them. Otherwise, right. you're an imposter. Oh yeah. But the whole inspiration piece, that's a really important part. And that's also why, I mean, you know, God put us in the church, right? Can I just uh, interrupt real quick? Okay, Christy, with all of her, uh, she's got all the C's, all the I's, all of these things. We Jason, you Baptist, do the same thing. We all thing. got Baptist roots. Uh, we're like, it's like a pastor with like three E's, four F's. This well, is what we're doing. It's the teacher in you. You can't I help love it. it. Make it memorable for people. That's exactly right. Okay, so tell us now. Obviously, you're a, a Ramsey personality. You've written uh, 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 how many books have you written? So one book, two planners, and we've got a devotional coming out this fall. You got a lot of resources going on. Tell us about your business journey. How'd you get started? Well, it's really one of the best business principles that is true for my story that even as I tell you the story, I think is a great lesson even for your listeners. Um, so how I got into this is just super weird. So let me just, let's back up there. People say, oh, did you dream of being a speaker? Did you go to school for that? No, this was never on my radar. Right. The short version is I came on board Dave Ramsey's team over 10 years ago as a project manager. So for the youth and teen products, I'd worked with youth and teens in the past. I was doing like, you know, piggy banks and Bible studies and kids books. That's great. After being here about six months, Dave's daughter, Rachel Cruz, who you all know, mm -hmm. she was graduating college and going to come on board our, te our team. And we were a small team at the time, like 250 people. And I mean, compared to today, and she was going to be the face of our youth and teens. So someone in my department organized for her to go speak at this Christian conference. You may have heard of it. It's called the Move Conference. It's put on yes. by Christ and Youth at 20 different conferences all over the summer. So a different state per day, a different venue per day doing keynote presentations. So they get this whole thing worked out. They get this whole thing arranged during the spring when Rachel's in school. And so Rachel comes on board and, and we get the travel schedule about two weeks before she's supposed to go on the road. And I somehow inherited this whole arrangement from the person that set it up. And I got to be the new 
liaison with the, with the conference, we get the travel schedule and y'all, they had booked the cheapest, worst flights possible where you had two and three connections a day. Oh You're goodness. in an airport 18 hours a day, going to New York, to California to get to Texas. Like it was a nightmare. And so we're like, ah, this is more than we really agreed to. I had to take it to Dave Ramsey, her dad and our CEO and say, hey, is this good? Like get it approved. And he's like, this is more than we agreed to. She can do 10. She's not going to do 20 dates in a different state every day, 18 right. hours a day. She can do half of these and they can pick which ones. Well, I had to go back to the conference and be the bearer of bad news because I had inherited this arrangement. So I go back and I get on the phone and I'll never forget this conversation because it absolutely was the turning point in what is my life has now turned into with my career. So I get on the phone with this man, Chase, and I said, I'm so sorry. You know, this is really more than we agreed to. She can do 10 of the 20 dates this summer but she can't do 20 and you can pick the 10. <laughs> You're welcome. But she can't do 20. And I had no idea how this was going to go. I, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a kind of fly by the seat of my pants kind of girl. Like I didn't really think through the other side of this. I just thought through delivering the bad news. And he said to me, Christy, what am I going to do? He said, I've got her booked for 20 keynote presentations that begin in two weeks, not 10. I've got her booked for 20. What am I going to do for the other 10? And I said, I'll do them. Oh, I love that. Said, Can you speak? I said, I think so. I had never <laughs> spoken in my life. And I want you to know, I didn't ask permission. I didn't do an audition. I didn't do an interview. I just saw a problem and came up with a solution. I, and I, I was like, I'll, I'll do this. So I want you to know, I went on the road that summer. I went to every one of Rachel events and ran IV. And I went to all the other events and did the keynote myself. And that fall, we created as a company, they created something called the speakers group because Dave was turning down about 3,000 requests a year for him. They're like, we need more speakers. They slid me in that group. Wow. No interview, no audition, no application. It was just like, she did a good job here. She can do it there. That has been set me on this path of realizing my God-given gifts that I didn't even know I had. But here's the business principle. And I think this is so critical for people. I said yes before I knew how. That's awesome. How to speak. You know how I learned how to speak? By speaking by walking on a stage and figuring it out. And so I think people are sitting around waiting for permission. They're waiting to be ready. They're waiting to have enough degrees. They're waiting to, to be knighted, to have enough people tell them you can do this. They're waiting to feel ready. Those feelings don't come. Pieces of paper don't validate you. Real life experience is what will give you authentic confidence. In the meantime, you go out there, you do it scared and figure it out as you go. And I think if people can understand that you have permission to say yes before you know how, you will learn the how. It's, it's, it's in doing that you learn how to do the thing. So go do the thing. You don't have to wait. So, okay. So speak to the stay at home mom right now who feels like there's something else there for her that she knows that one day when her kids get into school or something, she wants to do something, but she's scared to death and she doesn't know exactly what to do. Obviously when you volunteered for that, you said yes. And then they said, okay, let's do it. You probably went through some fear. How did you get through that? Like, tell, take us through that, that specific process that you went through. Okay, so I think the important thing I've learned about fear, feeling fear on my own and speaking on fear for years, because I think everybody, this is a very normal thing that we all experience. I used to believe that fear was a bad sign. And if you're a believer, you might even think fear is a sign God is telling you no. God, right. is, God is saying this is a red flag, warning signs, turn back now, don't go down this way because you're scared. I want to be careful there to understand the difference between fear, that is fear you should push through, that this is just fear, it's just the, the boogeyman in the closet, the shadow that kind of is elusive, like what if something happens, and wisdom. Now, do I want to touch a hot stove? No, that's wisdom. That's not fear. It's not unfounded. The stove is hot. I've been burned before. I'm not going to touch the hot stove. 
um, right. a mom that is staying home and she's like, I've got five kids under six and my husband is deployed. Is now a good time to start a business? <laughs> Probably, wisdom. Probably just wisdom keeping you in this season, right? But fear, here's how I help people understand if it's fear or wisdom. I ask them this question. What are you afraid of? If you can answer it, like I'm scared of the hot stove, it's probably wisdom. But if you can't, if you're like, I don't know, I'm just scared. Mm. I don't know. I, I, uh, it's um, like, what if, like, um, like what, uh, like, well, I don't know how, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not quite ready. And mm. If it's just fear, then what I tell people all the time is fear is not a sign you're doing something bad. It's a sign you're doing something bold. It's a sign you're doing something new. And that is a good thing. You don't have to wait until you're not scared to do the thing you want to do. You do it scared. It's in doing that you lessen the fear, not because you get ready, because it gets perfect, because you prepare enough, because you read enough books or take enough classes. It's in doing. So the first time I walked on that stage that that for that move conference, was to a thousand people. I've never spoken in my life. Oh my and goodness. <laughs> I feel and nervous I just thinking about it. Scared out of my mind. I'm terrified, but I did it anyway. I faked it. I tell people all the time, fake it until you feel it. Yeah. Of course, at first you're scared. Of course, because you've never done it before. You've never done it. If you were super confident, then I'd be like, based on what? Because you've never done this. Of course, you're scared because it's new. But when you do it scared, you walk off that stage, you, you launch that business, whatever the thing is for you. And afterwards, you're like, huh, I survived. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I did it. And then fear can't torment you with these terrifying possibilities of what's going to happen if you do it because you did it and you survived. And if you did it once, you can do it again and again. And eventually, at some point, in my case of speaking, there was a time when I ran on the stage for the first time after maybe a year or two of doing this. And I said, I'm so excited to be here. And I meant it because I was excited, because that confidence was authentic. But one of the important things to remember is you don't have to wait until you're not scared, because if you're waiting for that feeling, it won't come. The antidote to fear is action. It's in doing the thing that you silence the fear of doing the thing. What's that quote? Um, If you have a voice inside your head that says you cannot paint, then by all means paint, and Mm. that voice will be silenced. And so it's in doing that we lessen the fear. But I think it's really important to remember that fear is not the same thing as wisdom. And fear is not a sign you shouldn't do it. It just means you're doing something new. You conquer the fear of one thing. When you do something new, there's going to be new fears. I conquered my fear of speaking. And then I wrote a book. I was like, oh, what if no one likes it? (laughs) New levels, new devils. Every time you push yourself outside your comfort zone, which is where all good things exist, by the way, you're going to be a little scared. Um, And so you just think familiar with that feeling and learn how to do it scared anyway. You know, we say more is accomplished in the pain cave than the comfort zone. Yes. And facing your fears. Our first book we wrote uh, five years ago, and and the one of the by, the part of the byline is um, is facing your fears because that's yeah. what you have to do, and that's what entrepreneurs are. You take great risks. You know, right. you, you're you're swimming out into the unknown. You don't know if it's going to work or not. And right. one of the things I love about your story, uh, which Jason and I have seen in our own lives, um, is that you met a need. You genuinely wanted to help this guy who booked twenty. And he, now there's a deficit of 10 and you're like, I'll help. You didn't have something to prove. You weren't agitated or angry about something you saw on social media. And so you're going to get out there and start speaking because you got something to prove. No, you're like, I'll help. And you stepped in and helped. You know, Jason and I, we speak uh, often as well. And I've, I've had those moments where you get off stage and you're like, Lord, that was amazing. Like I really connected with people. You can tell when you connect, but you know, Christy, I've also had times where I walked off stage and I was like, that was ridiculous. 
I completely didn't connect with anybody, and I've kind of boiled it down a little bit that when I'm so confident that I've got something to say, I've got something to teach you, and I get out there, and it's a bomb. But when I'm confident in, Lord, this is my story, this is my journey, and there are people out there that really need help, and I think this is going to be a blessing to them, that attitude, that little attitude adjustment, that little motivation manipulation right there for myself Mm -hmm. truly helps to unlock the power of our story and the power of God's God-given gifts that he's given to us. You know, one of the things that's so hard with speaking, and it's true in business, it's true in social media, it's anytime you have a platform, anytime you have influence in in your case with with your book, with speaking, and and man, speaking, it's so hard because it's real time um, and it's face-to-face even where social media is not. But it's so easy, and you don't even realize it because it's super subtle, but it's so easy to think about what you can get mm. you stage. Can I get an applause? That's right. Can I get a standing ovation? Can I get a laugh? You don't even realize you're doing it, but you're going out and you're crafting your talk and you're thinking about landing things in order to get something. And for me, that's like in your version, you've got kind of a difference here of like what, where your heart is when you're going out. For me, it's, it's, it's that similar thing where I'm thinking, if I'm thinking about what I'm going to get, I'm going to lose oh, because yeah. I'm focused on the spotlight on me. But if I focus on what I can give, how can I give value? How can I, how can I solve problems? How can I help people truly change their lives? If I focus on what I can give, then I end up getting the applause and laughs and more because I'm not focused on me. I'm focused on them. I'm not focused on what I can get. I'm focused on what I can give to them. I love that. That's, that's true in business. In business, so often we put things out there like, aren't I cute? Aren't I funny? On social media, it's like me, yeah. me, me, look at me. It's like, be someone that goes, look at you look how awesome you are. You know, a great example of this, and I've seen Dave Ramsey do this for years and I've totally stolen it. Speaking of stealing like an artist because it's true, but also because it's a really important posture as a believer, we'll be out in public. And of course people recognize him and they walk up and they go, Oh my gosh, Dave Ramsey, you changed my life. And he stops and he goes, no, I didn't. You did. I love that. You paid off the debt. You took the second job. You changed your life. He turns that spotlight on them. He becomes a mirror that reflects that light back to them. And man, if you're going to have a platform, especially as a believer, if you're going to have an influence and a say, be a person that doesn't say, look at me, look at me. Be a person that says, look at you. Look at what you're doing. Look at how you're winning. Look at how God's shining through you. And if you do that, man, you God's going to be able to bless you with even more of a platform because you're about the people. You're not about what you can get. Well, and you're living that because I I look at where you are now and the success that you have now and the online presence that you have now. For a number of years, you focused on building someone else's platform in in Dave Ramsey. And now look what's happened. Because you were focused to bring value there, now the table has switched and now he's helping to build your platform. It's like you served and now you're being served and yet you continue to serve. That is probably like, and you haven't said that, but that's exactly what you're living. And I think the entrepreneurs out there and leaders who I know will be listening to this podcast you need to understand that and recognize that what Christy is doing and, and what she's talking about right now shows us the most powerful principle ever. Where she is today was because she served someone else. And then what God did was he turned around and said, that person that she served, now I'm going to allow him to help serve her. Like you're living that. Doesn't that feel good? It does. And it's such a, it's such a, there's such a principle in business with this, but it's also a principle just in scripture of an abundance mindset, because if you're yeah. not careful, you'd be like, Hey, I got to elbow people out of the way yeah. to get to the top. There's only so many pieces of the pie, only, only so many seats at the table. Someone else is in my space. But if you have an abundance mentality, 
which I think I have personally, but I also have as a believer because we serve an infinite God. He is not limited mm-hmm. by resources, by time, by schedules, by your competition or your talents or lack of talents. He's just not limited in any way. So if we understand that we serve an infinite God who cares about every detail of our lives and businesses, then you immediately have an abundance mindset. And and it's not, is it me or her or me or him? It's, I hope we all win. Yes. I hope yeah, all, that's right. We all lock arms win. A rising tide raises all ships. And what's so cool about that is there will be seasons where you are in a season of championing others, serving others, where you are doing the work and not getting the credit. But that's right. you go through those seasons of humility. Can you have the right posture of, I want us all to win? And what's amazing is, uh, I love the verse that says, when the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. The Lord will lift you up. You will not lift yourself up. When you lift yourself up, better believe that 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 pillar will crumble. But when the Lord lifts you up, when the Lord puts you on a stage, when the Lord gives you a business to steward or whatever that is, a, a influence on social media and Instagram, then what's amazing is those are the things that last because you remember that it's he put you there. He can take you down. He put you there. And as you honor right. him with that platform and with those people, I believe that he continues to bless you because you've been faithful and understand that it's his. You know, I'll give you one that you can steal. Jason and I for years have said, if we focus on depth, God will handle our breadth. And that originally like that. came from Oswald Chambers, so we can't steal love, that. I'll, okay, there we go. For his highest is one of my favorite devotionals. That's so good. <laughs> we devoured that in college. I have, a, I have a, first of all, all of, I mean, just the folks that Dave Ramsey has put around him uh, it's just been absolutely amazing. And, you know, uh, Dave endorsed just after my brother and I had an HGTV show, and that's a whole nother story. But Dave then stepped out and endorsed us. That was such, I mean, you know, I get emotional even thinking about it, that Dave just, he, t- he, he, took, a, he took a chance on Jason and I endorsed our book. And it was just such, oh, man, it was just so amazing how he just, as a leader, is making a pathways for others. And that's really, we, we see in Scripture, true biblical fatherhood. That's what fathers do. They just open the door for others. Now, I want to ask you this, and we're, we're going to wrap this up. We know your time is very precious, but, you know, speak to the husbands. Speak to those husbands. How can they best support their wives, those wives that have the entrepreneurial longing, that they, they know there's this God-given ability in them, there's this movement, they've got it. How can a husband, so that Jason and I can go and take this message that you're about to give, we can go and take this message to the men. Okay, so I want to give you the most simple um, thing that I think is overlooked. And I think that a lot of people do this. It's not just a man thing. I tend to do this too. When we're problem solvers, when we're in business, we're, we're constantly going to solutions, advice, tactical, that type of thing. One of the most effective forms of communication is simply asking questions. Let's, let's unpack this for a second. When you ask questions, it demonstrates a posture of humility because it shows you don't have all the answers. And that's actually a good thing. Even if you think you do, to ask questions, to take this posture of humility, The second thing it demonstrates is interest. I'm interested in you. How do you feel about that? What would that look like for you? If you could do anything, what would you do? What are are the things you enjoy that just make you light up? You know, what would it look like if you like charge for that? And what if someone wanted to pay you for that? And what would it look like if you had some extra time where you weren't taking care of the kids? Asking questions is a posture of leaning in. It demonstrates love. It demonstrates humility and it demonstrates genuine interest. We overlook that so often. You know, what's wow. interesting is it's a coaching technique. I'm a business coach and life coach. And, you know, the, the whole playbook of coaching is not advice. It's not consulting. It's, it's not getting answers. It's asking questions. Mm-hmm. And when you ask really great questions, it 
increases the dialogue, but it also brings awareness in the other person. When, when they say something out loud, they own the idea more because you didn't say, hey, you should start a bakery. They're like, what if I, what if I started a bakery? You're like, what if you did? I mean, I've always loved to bake. You have always loved to bake. I've noticed that about you. They own the idea more because it's theirs. They believe it more because they thought of it. You didn't tell them to do it. So just the simple technique of asking questions and showing genuine interest in your spouse, I think can be a powerful communication technique, a powerful technique that also just um, creates more bonding, more connection, more intimacy. And, and that's true in anything. That's not just true in showing them you believe in them. But I want to give you one more tactical thing that I think is important. Um, often I think we have expectations, but we don't think of the domino effect. So it's like, oh, I sure, I believe in my wife in theory, and I want her to work on her business and, and do all this stuff and, and chase her dreams. And then she starts doing it. Mm -hmm. And then that means that you have to fix dinner. Yeah, and that, yeah. that means that you have to put the kids to bed because she's working on this dream. Like you pumped her up and told her she should do. And you're like, oh, I didn't think about this. Let's step I up and help. <laughs> what do you mean? I got to do baths. Can't they just go with no bath for a week? They're fine. <laughs> like you got to think of the actual practical ways that you can serve and show her that you believe in her. If you believe in her and you want her to spend five, 10, 20 hours a week, working on this thing that she loves that could produce an income for your family, then what part are you going to play that allows her to do that? What are you going to take off her full plate to make room for that thing you're saying she should add? We're not going to add that to an already overflowing plate. You're going to step in and, sh and, and maybe that's another question. How can I help you so that you have time for this? How can I support you? If I was going to take something off your plate, what would you prefer that I take off your plate? Is it baths? Is it packing lunches? Is it, you know, and, and so there's the practical side of that belief too. We're not just going to say it with our words. We're going to show it with our actions as well. Man, I, I, I got so much takeaway from that. That is so good. I'm going to actually apply that and I'm going to start today. That's right. I'm heading home. I'm doing that today. Hey, uh, <laughs> Christy, you have been just absolutely amazing. And I will say this. We had Ken Coleman, one of Dave Ramsey's guys on the show. He was amazing. But I'm telling you this. You blew him out of the water. And tell him I said that. You better believe it. <laughs> oh, but we're not going to let you go until we ask you the same thing that we always ask everybody who's on the podcast. Obviously, this is the Expert Ownership Podcast. We want you to own every area of your life, not just your business, but everything. And we don't want it to own you. We talk about the Faithful Five you need to own it in your faith, your family, your finances, your fitness, and your friendships. What one area of those? Pick pick one and tell us how you are owning it, especially right now during COVID. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if this uh, gets enough. It, I don't know if this is a great answer because it's during COVID, but I would say my family. I would hope that I would own it even when I'm not at home with them all the time. But I'll tell you something that I'm trying to really embrace. Um, I think it's really easy in life if you're a man or a woman to make assessments about yourself, make statements about your identity based on the season you're in. Your house is a mess, so you think I'm a mess. Mm. You're you know, not pursuing your business dreams, so you think I'm lazy. You are not the season you're in. I'm in a season with little kids at home, so my house is a mess. It's a little crazy, but I'm just choosing to embrace that and own it, as you described it. I'm owning this season of family, the season of COVID, but also the season of little kids. And I'm just trying to do everything I can to make the most of it, not swim up current and fight it. Be like, I want a perfect house. I want a white couch from West Elm. I want everything. No, it's like, no, my couch is Ikea and it's got yeah. a slip cover and wash because I got kids and we're going to have goldfish smashed in it every day. Yes. So just embracing and owning the season you're in. And I think I'm really 
learning how to set aside those expectations and standards I might have for myself, for my home or myself or, or performance or whatever productivity and just say, you know what? I'm not the season I'm in. I'm in a season of little kids and I'm going to embrace it and own it and play with them and be crazy and let them jump out of the bonus room and let them stick their head out of the sunroof and just have fun in this season when they're so little. Good. Oh, I love this. That's Christy, right? Christy with a Y, right? With a W. Jason, you needed to know that. Yeah. Uh, the business boutique podcast. We want to push people to that. This, I'm telling you, I am now subscribing to your podcast. That was, uh, we just absolutely loved it. Christy, thank you so much for coming you on and for giving us so much value. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. I love what you guys do. So anytime I can support you, I would just love to. Thanks for having me. I'll tell you what, when, when she talked about the, the opposite of intimidation is inspiration. Yeah. I love that because you know, you can look and you can, you can look and I was only teasing about being intimidated because she's running marathons. Well, actually I'm not really teasing, but whatever. But when, when she actually brought it down to the principle of intimidation and inspiration, I mean, intimidation is, Oh, it's, it's just, you're gripped by fear. I can't, I can't, I can't, they're better. I'm worse. I can't, I don't want to fail. Inspiration is wow. Look at what they've done. Look at them using their God-given identities. Look yeah. at them pushing themselves beyond the bounds and, and not allowing fear to grip them. And then it inspires you to do more. My biggest takeaway, you're not the season you're in. You need to own that season, but don't identify yourself by it. You know what? I'm going to steal that one. I'll give her credit for probably the first three or four times I say it. And then it, it's yours. After that, I'll forget that she said it, and it becomes my own. Like you stole uh, Oswald Chambers' I quote. didn't even know I, I was, was stealing great. it. You never told me that was Oswald Chambers. You're a, you're a thief. Well, I learned today. Well, I'm going to go put this stuff that Chrissy talked about into practice. How about you try the same? I'll do it. Hey, if you're looking to crack the code to have financial freedom, a thriving business, and a life of impact, the best resource we know is our Expert Ownership course, where we take you through a step-by-step -step process to help you become a CEApreneur. You can earn more income and even have more impact, especially with those people that matter the most to you in your family and in your friendships. ExpertOwnership.com is your course.